child and say we had just a white child I feel like it does nothing but go hurts her in the narrative of I'm surrounded by white people in my family Mm. so I feel like I would come to a situation where people wouldn't necessarily love the fact that we would get a black donor as well and and I would hate to take that away you know from another black family it's just a lot of convoluted things because the, there's such a um, a shortage of black donors. Correct. California Cry, thank you listening. Right. You listening? <laughs> yeah, get on that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Taking those donors from black families Correct. who really. Yep. Ooh, this is layered. Well, hello. Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast, the show all about family, but with gay. <laughs> My name is Jamie. I'm your host, and if you are looking to find stories that uplift, highlight, normalize, and celebrate LGBTQIA plus families and all of our beautiful identities, you've come to the right place, folks, and I'm happy to have you here. And today's episode does just that, highlights, uplifts, normalizes, and celebrates one particular LGBTQ family. I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with Kara Cochran also known as Karis underscore ATL on the social media. If you don't follow Kara, you're going to want to go do that because she's doing a great job to represent our families out there in the socials, as the kids say. They don't say that at all, but I felt like saying that. But she sat down with me and we talked about how she came out later in life after she already had a kid. And we get into a really great discussion about representation and how much it really does matter for us LGBTQIA folks. And we talk about how she and her love of her life met and created their beautiful blended family and the beginning of their social media channel. And it's a really wonderful conversation and uh, eye-opening in so many ways. And I had such a great time talking with her. So you're, you're really, really, really going to love this episode. But before I roll that tape, before I do it, we got a voicemail, y'all from the aunt of one of last week's guests, Chelsea. Okay, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you gotta go listen right now. It was a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, we talked about transitioning while undergoing fertility treatments and and finally making that beautiful family that they they have right now. It's a gorgeous conversation, gorgeous humans. I, I had such a wonderful time talking to them. And Chelsea's aunt reached out gave us a call. And you know what? You just have to hear what she has to say about listening to the episode and and, and what it gave her. Okay. Take a listen. Take a listen. Hi, Jamie. This is Chelsea's Aunt Jenny in Washington State, who you had on the most recent podcast. You had Chelsea and Megan, and uh, they were telling their journey and their story of having given birth to their baby Jameson. And I just wanted to let you know that so many questions I, I've i had about Chelsea's journey and didn't ask because even as stated on your, in your conversation with them, it's rude to ask these questions, or at least that has been my interpretation. And I really haven't had an opportunity to really sit down and talk to Chelsea about the last three years uh, 
in particular. Uh, but I just wanted to thank you for your podcast. I'm so glad that they came on and that helped to answer many of my questions and questions Chelsea's extended family may have and also increase my compassion for this, for the whole community that your podcast represents. So thanks again. And uh, Jameson is the handsomest little Irish lad. And also, Jamie, I do not like the sound of my voice recorded. So uh, though I am fine with you sharing it on your podcast, like you may uh, you stated uh, somewhere, uh, I don't like it. But in support of Chelsea and Megan, if you want to do that, feel free. All right. Peace. Bye. OMG. Right, y'all? Right, y'all? I almost literally, I almost cried when I listened to that the first time. Way to go, Auntie. Way to be an ally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for explaining, you know, the impact that this show had, the impact that it had on your family even. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate Who knew the allies were going to show up like they have? Oh, yay, yay. And I want to say one more thing because I did say in last week's episode, you know, don't ask those rude questions. I guess I don't mean it like that. Like intent matters. So if you're coming at us with a malicious intent when you're asking about how we made our families, you know, if you're it, 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 low key, like giving me like, ooh, you're a groomer energy, I'm going to know. Right. And I'm going to know you're not asking from a place that comes from really the heart. But if you are coming from the heart and you really want to know, like I would want to know how my lesbian friend made her children, you can ask. You can ask. We see your intent. We see it. I really appreciate that phone call. And thank you so much. And, you know, shout out to those allies, because let me tell you, Chelsea's auntie was not the only ally that reached out and and gave us some stuff about what this show means to them. So I actually didn't know that were the, there were that many allies listening. So thank you. And you're going to hear more of them in the episodes to come. It warms my heart. I cannot even explain to you how much hearing from any of you, but allies, you know, warms my heart. So if you want to reach out, if you want to leave a voicemail and be featured on the show, you can even leave me a video and be featured in the video episode as well. You can also just be anonymous and send an email. You can send me a DM, just queerfamilypodcast at gmail.com or the Queer Family Podcast across all the socials. Or give us a call at 646-470-1840. I want to hear from you. I really do. I want to hear from you. And right now I want to know how this show impacts you in a good way. I don't want to hear the negative stuff. <laughs> Please don't send me negatives. I'm not a groomer. None of us are groomers. <laughs> oh my God. Go follow us on the, all the social media too, especially YouTube at the Queer Family Podcast, because for some reason we are in some weird, crazy, scary algorithm over there where we are full of let's say homosexual haters, shall we? It's crazy. I don't even know. They're coming out of the woodwork. So Go follow us over there. Give us a follow. Give us some love. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. It means the world. And don't forget to join my Patreon because that also, every little bit helps. Every little bit counts. And, you know, I, I want to roll the tape. I freaking love you all. You're all amazing. And I'm so glad you tune in week after week after week after week. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, I love y'all. All right. Helen and Beulah. Helen, you, I think Helen might start be starting her own blog soon on our website. Uh, 
I heard her low key talking about it for reals, y'all. Like smoking a cigarette, typing one finger at a time, a blog about all the episodes. I'm not even kidding. I'll let you know if it actually happens. Let me know if you want Helen to do that because I might have to give her a friendly nudge. <sighs> I'm not ready to be yelled at, but I, I, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for y'all if you want it. <laughs> Helen's not real. It would actually be me writing the blog. <laughs> But it would be funny. Anyway, okay. Helen, Beulah, my loves, please roll that tape. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Hi, Kara. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to have you. I follow you. Aw. And I follow you back. if you don't follow Kara you need to get over there and follow Kara right now it's Kara's ATL on the Instagram that's the one I know is that how you're supposed to say it because that's how I say it yeah Kara's ATL and I do it on Instagram TikTok and YouTube all three Every platform, uh-huh. I'm Kara's ATL. Make it easier. And <laughs> Kara is like showing Kara's beautiful, beautiful family. And it's it's amazing. And, you know, you're a trailblazer. And I'm so happy you're out there doing that thing. So I appreciate you. Let's get right into your elevator pitch. For those who, those people living under a rock who actually don't know who you are, <laughs> you're going to give us your 30-second elevator pitch of who you are and why you're talking to the Queer Fam Squad over here. Okay. Don't worry. I will not cut you off. It's just a way to make you slightly nervous, and it's Right. It would, you're succeeding. <laughs> you're succeeding. <laughs> so... I'm going to give you a countdown and you go for it. You can't, I'm never going to cut you off. You just keep going. Don't you worry. I'll just put the clock down when you pass the three seconds. Oh, when it is past 30 seconds, I'm going to say, and I'm done. I'm done. Because I'll talk for three minutes. So let's not. Okay. Well, that's good because you need to talk. You're on a podcast. All right, here we go. On your mark, get set, go. My name is Kara. I came out uh, later in life when I, at the age of 30. And I had a daughter and was actually also married prior to um, two different situations. But I came out when she was about two and a half. And then I ended up meeting my partner several years later when she was five, who also is named Kara. We uh, ended up just forming a family about the age of six when she finally officially met Mila. When she met Mila, she became a mom. And it just really all built on top of that. Um, So I started sharing uh, my journey and our story of basically coming into queer life. And it was just all about community for me. I wanted to make a space where I could reach out and connect with other queer people because it was so hard being in the South. We live Mm. in Atlanta, Georgia. I guess I should have mentioned that. It was just a very difficult transitional time for me. Mm -hmm. Personally, I didn't grow up with anybody else that was queer or definitely no queer families. So I Mm -hmm. really wanted to connect with more queer people and queer families. And so I just, I I told Kara, I wanted to really like get a lot of thoughts out there. And she said, well, what about doing a blog? And I was like, Mm-hmm. That's too much commitment. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a lot make, of writing. Yes. I said it'll basically <laughs> turn into a book. But I was like, no, I don't want to do that. She said, well, what about using Instagram as like set caption link so you can just like have a little discussion? So I started doing that and then it just kind of snowballed on itself. And I found this whole queer community that I just immersed myself in. And I mean, I, I love it. That's what the main thing about that you know, my page, any page that I have is that the whole basis of it was for community. 
was for mm-hmm. all of us to have a safe space to come together, to talk about difficult conversations, to talk about, you know, have a space. I have so many people that reach out to me that are like, I'm married and I'm, I know I'm gay. Like I, mm. I'm struggling. Can you help me? Of mm. course, I never came out when I was married. That that didn't happen at that time. So a lot of times I try to send them in other areas. It's been such a huge like healing process and yeah. just just an amazing outlet for me to really just connect with everybody, but then also to share my family and be that representation that I never had. That was there a it is. huge is, oh my part God. for me. You're speaking to my heart right now because you and so many other uh, influencers who I've talked to who, who are doing the same kind of work as you yeah. and this podcast all came from a personal need of uh, needing to feel a sense of community, right? Yes. And then you realize once you put it out there, there are so many more of us out there who are feeling the exact same way, who need to see that representation, who need to see that visibility. Yes. So I love that you did that. I love that you're doing that. And I love the perspective you bring to it, having come out later in life yes, already with a family. So let's take it way back. Okay. Let's take way it back. to Kara before Kara knew Kara was yeah. here. Let's like go, like where <laughs> did this back. all start? Because yeah, let's go back to the, you know, where you want to take it. Gosh, I think to be honest, it was several different moments in my life that I knew I was different. Even starting mm. back when I was in high school, I knew that I was attracted to girls. Like, but I didn't mm. even know like what that meant, and right. I knew no one, and I mean no one, that was queer. Like, I just knew I, I did not know anybody, which is so funny because, well, my aunt actually came out later in life. Ooh, yeah, and I had an uncle that's queer, oh. but Uh-oh. it was never talked about in my family. It was told right. to be. They don't bring their partners around. We don't talk about that. So yeah, it was just very hidden from my family that we had like, right. family members that were queer. Like you, it's weird because I did not grow up like knowing that or knowing about them. Or actually, all I knew was that they were living a sinful life, right? And the children can't know anything about that. Like the children can't, especially right. the children, right? Especially the children. Exactly. Which is like, oh my god. Yeah. But also, but, and also you grew up in. Oh, I grew up in Alabama. Oh, okay. Yes. Even worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <that laughs> I didn't was, say that. But. Yeah, no, it's so true. <laughs> there was that issue. So like, I felt like I was like very alone in this. So I was just like, you mm. know, I'll just keep it pushing. Like what was the norm in this Southern country living is lead a boy, you date a boy, you get married to said boy, you have kids with said boy, and you go about your business. Yeah. So I met a guy in my senior year of high school, and then we kind of dated on and off. It was a very abusive relationship. Oh, no. Yes. It was very horrible. And it, it just, it was just tumultuous. But it, the sad part about it is that we were best friends. But it was, mm. there was a lot of jealousy from his side. And even at one point, that he accused me of being gay. And I was like, no, I'm not. But it was, it's so funny. Just like I said, these pockets of things that kept showing throughout my life. And that was in college. Right. That all happened. Right. So then I just decided, like I kept thinking, if I would just get married to him, things would get better. And, you know, the typical issue with abuse. You know what? I had a boyfriend in college who 
accused me of being gay too. And it was kind of a, it was kind of an emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah. And him accusing me of that was like the worst because I think I knew deep inside it was true. Yeah. That was, that damaged me in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't even know how to explain. Yeah. Do you know? Like that was, yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. You almost feel outed in that moment and you're just like, yeah. no, that's not true. Like why, why would I, why would that be yeah. who I am. Like, what do you mean? Right. Like, I'm with you. How do you even, where do you even see that? Yes. Although in my yes. case, he did actually read my journal and I had drawn a picture of this girl I had a crush on, like <laughs> naked. So, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like kind of obvious, but yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like, how do you see, where do you see that? How right. can you possibly see that? Yep. Right. So mm -hmm. it was, mm -hmm. he said that I had like a, a, a fascination or a fixation on women. I'm <laughs> well um yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong um so anyways we ended up getting married mm. three years into the marriage we get divorced it never got mm. any better it only got worse so it just completely blew up in college i had a crush on my best friend yeah of course you did but right <laughs> but i never <laughs> told her because no why in the world would i tell her when she had a boyfriend Right. And I just really didn't think that that was the trajectory of our, like, again, uh -huh. I've never been around queer people. So I was like, how do I even nav navigate this? Like, I don't know. So wait, our stories are kind of parallel because I had a crush on my best friend in college, never told her at all, ever, even though I was surrounded by queerness because I went to musical theater. Like oh, I was surrounded by queer yes, people. Yes, yes. Also, I'm from San Francisco. So queer thing, oh, gosh. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what my personal issue was, but never told her. She's gay now, by the way. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Oh, my gosh, how funny. So that that just never came to fruition at all. So then fast forward, we get married, we get divorced. I meet this girl that I'm taking like on an interview with my company. And she's like, can you tell that I'm gay? Or she said, can you tell something's off with me? And I was like, no. I'm like, you're completely normal. And she was like, you can't tell that I'm gay. And I was like, you're gay. Like, I, it just it like never even resonated with me. She was like, I don't even carry a purse. And I was like, well, I mean, that doesn't make me think that you're gay. I don't know why you would think that, that like those two things so, ever connected in my brain. That's so lesbian. And she was very film. So I'm like, no, I didn't initially think because you carried yeah. a clutch wallet thing that you were gay. Anyway, <laughs> it was just so funny. But from the second she said that, you uh -huh. could cut the tension with a knife in that car. It was so palpable. And it got real like, oh, <laughs> like this is where we are. And so it was, it just became very much, we had an intense relationship from that mo moment on. But of course, like I knew like as the person interviewing her, I was like, I cannot do anything. I wouldn't even no. know what to do, even if I could, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything, but we stayed talking for uh, several months after that. Cause you were like, okay, I need to know more about this. It was to me an opportunity. Yeah. And was she like low key hitting on you? Like, was she attracted to you? So yes. Like what's we figured, okay. like what she figured out, I think that she was like, oh, she actually might be uh -huh. interested in this. She uh -huh. started kind of like reciprocating the same kind of vibe that I was giving off 
clearly. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. just became like real intense. And mm-hmm. like I said, nothing ever happened, but we stayed in communications for several months and then communications fell off. I'm sure because she met somebody or whatever. And then also because like, I wasn't ever going to do anything. Like I was terrified, but I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh, this is somebody. So anyways, fast, fast forward again. I meet this other guy. We start dating. We have a very tumultuous relationship. Again, I end up getting pregnant though. And that is there. That's how Milo was born. He is there initially like in the infancy and then it's gone and he's never been around. Oh, anymore. he's never really been around. Uh, and you were never married to him. No. So yeah, there's that piece of it as well. So you like already started that lesbian baby making journey. You got yourself a <laughs> sperm donor like way, way beyond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like the OG sperm donor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so oh I said, God. let me just be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then it still took me again, like two and a half years. Like what smile was two and a half years old to finally be like, you know what? Like I'm done caring about what everybody else feels about this because that was my biggest thing like I just didn't know how to navigate it I had hit basically rock bottom at that point but it was Hmm. at that moment that I was like I'm done living for everybody else I'm actually Hmm. for the first time in my life going to choose me and live for me and fuck everybody else if you don't like it we're just gonna have to like part ways because I'm Mm -hmm. going to have to start choosing myself And that was when I first came out. And I did not actually know that I was a lesbian when I first came out because I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know how to navigate this. I just know that I like women. And you've never tried anything, right? Like you've never done anything. Right. So then it was about, you know, I dated several different people, but nobody had ever met Myla. I kept that separate until I met Kara. Mm -hmm. So that's how we lead all the way up till... And I, you know what? I don't even remember how old I was when I met her because it was in 2018. I was 33, I guess. Yeah. Okay. 33. So, and you only came out at 30. Yes. Can I ask you, how did your, how did your family take it? Because my dad's sister is gay. Mm. He was a little bit more, more accepting, I think, but they both thought it was a phase. Both him and yeah. my mom thought it was a phase. They thought that same, same. I was just going crazy and I had just not like got my bearings back yet with like everything that had happened to me and, you know, that I was just really mm-hmm. going through a lot. It just didn't make any, any sense to them how I had been mm-hmm. married, how I had a child with a man, how I'd always been with men and never been with women. But I'm like, how right. do you expect me to be with women when I've never been around queer people? I didn't have an opportunity. To them, there's no, there were no signs. There were absolutely right. this is completely out of blue, out of the blue. Whereas to you, all the signs were there, but it, that's so internal, yes, right? Yes. I mean, and two, you got to think about it, about it like this: we were always shown that gay people look like Ellen and Rosie. Mm-hmm. I did not look gay to them. Right. Right. I looked like I should be, you know, in Southern living with my pink and white fence and this man and our two kids, a a boy Mm -hmm. and a girl, you know, like that's what I looked like to them. And I was just like, I don't fit in that though. I I don't, I've never, I've tried 
I tried and I tried to fit and I never could. That's why I always ended up being in these like terrible situations with these terrible dudes. And like, because I never could square peg round hole, I could not fit it in. And that was, you know, the, the crux of the situation. You know, all they know is the stereotypes yeah. of what absolutely quote unquote gay people yes. are and look like. Yep. And that's all you've been shown. That's, right. So how it. do you find? Yeah. So then you do it. They've come around, obviously, right? Yes. We've had other issues, though, because we have them resolved now. But there was a, a long span of time when they would not look at Kara W. as a mother. So uh, they viewed yeah. her as just my partner, but not necessarily Myla's mom. So, like, there were many right. Mother's Days that were missed because they just would not look at her as, as a mom. And finally, this past Mother's Day, the one before, me and my mom had a huge blow up because I finally was just like, I had enough. Like, my sister has her husband and but her child is not from her husband. Because I was going to say there's two layers to this, but now you're going right. to, you're going to tell, okay, go ahead. Her husband is not her child's biological father, but he in mm-hmm. all intents and purposes is her dad. And that is how she is looked at. That is how he is looked at. Like it was a very natural progression for them. And I felt like it was so, and they came together after we were all together. So I was like, it was so natural for y'all to make that transition, but it wasn't natural for them to make the transition of her being a mom, me being a mom. That was a big, like, not only like sit down, let's rah, rah it out, but then also like a big moment of recognizing that two mom families, in fact, being that two moms, that means there's two mothers to say happy mother's day to (laughs) during mother's day. Like it was just, it was just that my mother said, it's a thought I had never thought about. And I was like, but that's Mm. exactly the problem and exactly why it's so important that we have the representation that we have, because it's something you never thought about. You did, it did not, it literally went over your head for years. Mm. And, you know, I just feel like that's something that, I think people just don't realize, like they don't understand what a two mom family goes through when someone doesn't get recognized as another parent. They're just what yeah. a fluff character. That's what I kept telling them when I was arguing with them. Is I was like, so basically she's just the fluff character in our life. It does all these things for our family. Right. But you just see her as what? An add-on? Right. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I love that you just brought that up. and. That's another perspective for the need for representation, normalization, all the things, right? Because that's the thing. It's sometimes it really is just the case of it not being on people's radars. Absolutely. Just something they've never navigated before. So to Mm -hmm. them, they don't think about it. But Mm -hmm. when you're faced with, you know, a child that is yours, that like is wanting that same validation as their sibling you're going to eventually encounter that that issue and that the heads are going to butt together because we're I'm going to finally put my you know stick my heels in and say hold up this is not yeah. okay what's happening mm-hmm. because I did have that conversation with my parents early on when I first came out to them I told them like if my partner is not going to be invited to Christmases and Thanksgiving and birthdays and whatever like 
I'm not going to come. We're, mm. I'm going to draw this line in the sand very early on when I didn't even have a partner. I was just like, I'm going to let y'all know, though, this is the boundary line. And I'm not going to cross that if if y'all aren't going to meet me that way. Yeah, these are my terms. Mm-hmm. These are my terms. And you got to treat me just like you would treat my brother and his wife or, right. you know, or my right. sister. Right. Be your friendly podcast, Love is Love. We'll be right back. Love is love. So let's take it to, you meet Kara. This is the one. Yes. So how long did it take you to introduce Myla? And like, how did you meld the two the two the families? Well, together? we met in like the fall, early winter of 2018. We met online on the Her app. Mm-hmm. And so then we chatted online for a while and then we moved over to texting each other for a while. And mm-hmm. then we moved on to talking on the phone for a while. And then we finally FaceTimed. <laughs> this is a process. It was a process. <laughs> Kara's a very anxious person. So she would always get real like nervousy. And it ended up being like, it took time. And plus, like, I was nervous. I mean, I'm still, it was still to me early on in my queer journey. You know, we're only Mm -hmm. three years in and I'm like, I've met someone that I really, really like, you know, not that I didn't like some other ones, but like, I really felt good about her. She felt Mm. solid to me. She felt Mm. safe. And I I think that was one of my very first like feelings of, I think I can let her meet my love. That's safe. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Solid, safe. She lived in Atlanta at the time. So finally, I went there and stayed with her. And it was just like in that moment of like being face to face with her and like spending the weekend with her, I was like, oh, yeah, this is probably the one. When you know, you know. Yes. So then it was, it was about, I don't know, I want to say like three or four months later that she met Mala. It was a while because I went back and forth to Atlanta on every weekends and stuff like that and just like hung out with her and got to know her better and then finally I was like okay I'm gonna bring mom so um I was very nervous about that (laughs) obviously what are the nerves about I want to know because I've never experienced something like this like having my kids meet my partner my lover or whatever well I guess you're nervous because you're like I don't want to introduce Mala to just any Joe Blow right Right. I don't want her to just be in and out of people's lives or in, people mm-hmm. be in and out of her life. So I'm very particular about that, about who actually gets to come around and be a part because she loves people. She mm-hmm. she really like opens herself up. And then, you know, if you're fine and funny and, you know, she's going to really lo- attach herself to you. Mm-hmm. So I finally was just like, you know, I'm, I'm, anxious because of that. I don't want it to all blow up. I I was taking her to another state, another city to like introduce her to a woman that I was dating. Like I had never told her like, this is a woman I'm dating before until Kara because I wanted her to know me as a queer person by myself first. Right. Wow. Good for you. Well, because I just wanted her to understand somebody else did not make me gay. I'm gay by myself. I I'm the queer person. If I choose to have a partner, we'll be together. But like, I wanted her to understand. I didn't want her to think, oh, mom decided to be gay because such and such came into her life. 
that was never mm-hmm, the case. Mm-hmm. So I wanted her to understand that this was me singularly by myself. I love as that. As a queer person. Mm-hmm. So after, like, once we established that, I think it was easier when I brought Kara in and, like, introduced her as, this is my girlfriend. It still mm-hmm. was foreign, though, to Mala because she had never seen me queer couples. She had never seen me with another person. So she's still trying to, like, wrap her head around it. But she's like, okay, okay, you know, and she really loved Kara. Kara always wanted a thing. Okay, that's another question. Like, you know. You're bringing a kid into the whole mix. So it ended up just being perfect because Kara had always wanted a child. So it worked out so well that I just happened to have a child. Like she, I remember talking to several people on the Her app, right? And a lot of times either they A, wouldn't bring up Mala or, and I would, I put that I had a child or B, they would kind of mention it and just be real blase about it. Kara Mm -hmm. directly said like, and who's the little cutie that I see? And that, like, she was just very much invested from the beginning. I could just, mm-hmm. she just gave off a different vibe than anybody mm. else had given off. But she was really like, I'm totally not bothered. Actually, I love the fact that you have a child. Oh, go ahead, Kara. It was just great. And then when she first met Myla, I always say, like, in that moment, she became a mom because it was, in those meetings that she was like, I love this child. Like, it took us forever to say I love you too, by the way. We're, we're not your typical lesbians. It took us. You U-Haul. And this we did not, not a U-Haul. It took us like four <laughs> or five months to ever say I love you. So, But she, you know, like she felt that love and that like, oh, I'm going to protect this child. I want to be here for this child. I want this to be my family. And uh, it was her. And that's so important. Yes, and it was it was her commitment and willingness right away with her and with me that like made me feel like oh this is this is we're forming a whole bond here with the between the three of us a unit yes yeah. yes a whole family unit and wow. it just really was a great like I couldn't have asked for anybody better than to just come in and really like meld into our family like she did like it just it was so easy it was perfect it was it was perfect that's and and Mila was how old she was six at the time she actually met her I mean and the rest is history yeah. then you you moved in are you married no oh. <laughs> that's a whole okay. other journey we're about to take after like we kept going moving to Atlanta or going to Atlanta we finally moved to Atlanta before Mila had went to kindergarten in Alabama. And then we were like, okay, we either have to make a decision. Are we going to move and have her go to school in Atlanta for first grade moving forward? Or are we going to do another year apart? And both of us were just like, nope, we're not doing another (laughs) year apart. We Mm -hmm. don't want that. So we moved to Atlanta and we all got an apartment together. And then we lived in Atlanta for two years. And then we decided, instead of getting married, to buy a house. <laughs> yeah, well, because, you know. Well, we went through COVID, <laughs> yeah. and that's what changed mm. the, the trajectory of everything. So we were going to get married first, because that was like, Kara wanted to get married first and do all the things, but COVID changed that. We realized in that small apartment, 
Mala is a very rambunctious child. She has a lot of energy and wants to be go, 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 go. Same, say I got two of them too. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so we realized real quick that if we were ever going to go through another pandemic, and you know, at the time we were all like, uh, who knows? It's never going to end. Yeah, that we didn't yeah. know it was going to end or like if this was going to be a re- revolving door every year. So we mm-hmm. were like, okay, we're going to move. So we moved to Marietta and we stayed there. We, we bought that house. We stayed there for a year, but it was, it turned into a disaster for guys. And we moved to West Marietta, which ended up being a very conservative part of Marietta. It was very diverse, uh, but it was very conservative. It was awful. They were trying to remove that piece of Marietta from Marietta and turn the city into another city so that they could run it on its own with its own conservative uh, values. And we were just like, oh, absolutely not. Mind you, oh, just to throw another yeah. kink in this chain, and, and why I'm so grateful we went with our gut feelings and moved two weeks ago. A teacher in the other elementary school, not the one Mala went to, but the one right beside it, was fired in fifth grade for reading an inclusive book that was oh on the, the book fairs list. Like the, the county had said, this, or the district had said, this is an approved book. She read it to uh-huh. her classroom. A parent got mad and took her to court and they fired her in that same space. Oh my God. So like, it's already scary enough, like in yep. general, but you were in the, in like, the, it seems like one in of the, the heart places. Of, yeah. Yes. So we're so oh thankful that like, we knew to get out. Like we just had this yeah. feeling like I said, well, regardless, because they didn't win, the city didn't turn into another city. But we were like, regardless, these people are going to keep coming. They're going to keep advocating for more conservative views and values and whatnot over here. Like, this is just not our cup of tea. Like, we had our Stacey Abrams sign out in our yard. Like, we are not your conservative people. So we were like, Mm -mm. we got to go. So then we moved to the other side of Georgia. That was last year. Best move we've ever made. So we're finally settled. There are safe spaces in the South. Yes. You just have to find them. (laughs) You just have to find them. And you have to just do your research on the schools. And we felt so much better about the school. And I can't even rave enough about Mala's teacher last year. She taught so much when it came to Black history, when it came to inclusivity for everybody, when it came to queer families. Like She was such an advocate for everything. I love that about her. It literally gave us the, the very first taste of that since we were in Atlanta. And that's what you need. That's what you need, right? Yes, because every kid wants to see their family represented. They want right. to see that family. Why kids don't know about queer people, it's not because they shouldn't. It's because we don't give it to them. We don't offer yeah, because- that mom and mom uh, cartoon figures, the dad and dad exactly. cartoon figures. We only offer Mm-mm. mom, dad, kids. So that's what they mm-hmm. think in their mind is the only option. That's mm-hmm. why we have so many queer kids struggling because they don't see that's it as why, an exactly. option. There's no representation. Trans, yep. there's no trans stories out there. None. There's no, you know, none, nothing. It's really sad. And there's this crazy myth, uh, you know, among people that children aren't ready to hear about that yet because in their minds, you you talk about queerness and you're talking about sex. Right. And that is that couldn't be further from the nope. truth. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If my kids can know about gay people from birth, everybody's kids can. Yep. Right. And it's and people are, are sitting here thinking, Mala's ten. People think all the time, Oh, you should be talking about things of this nature with kids. Well, let me just tell you, this past summer, 
Molly goes to summer, went to summer camp. And this little girl was talking to her, not only about her having two moms, but about what our religion is. What do we believe in? How does that affect how her mom believes that we're not okay? That we should not be a couple at all. We shouldn't have a queer family. Can they be friends because her mom's beliefs versus our beliefs? And kids are talking about these things. So the fact that you're trying to not show them these things is only fueling the fire that they're going to talk about it on their own. You might as well give them truth and representation and let Uh them figure it out on them for themselves because they're going to talk about it. They're, They're at that age. Yeah, totally. They're going to navigate it one way or another and spewing hatred about, oh my God, I can't even, I don't even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, wild, but it's so crazy because the little girl was like, I don't have a problem with gay people. Like I don't have that. That's my mom's issue. And she also doesn't have a lot of friends. And Mala was like, well, maybe I could see why. (laughs) I was like, oh God, (laughs) you know, that's, that's kids. <laughs> They're just going to tell exactly. the honest truth. So yeah. it's one of those things that you, you do have to be careful in some situations because we're two moms. We always like to put that. We go to every fa- uh, school function together because we want people to, number one, for people that know Myla to realize she has two moms. Because if, let's say we want to have a birthday party and we want to invite the kids yeah. And their mom or dad or whoever brings them and they're like, oh, y'all exactly. are a two mom family. You know, like yeah. we don't want it to be a surprise. It's, it's not, Mm-mm. we're not trying to shock you or trick you. We're, we're, we're here. No. We're present. We're, we're always around. That's the thing I say. When you have kids, you have to be out and proud all the time now because yes. it's, it's not for your sake. It's for your children's sake. Yes. Now, right. Yes. Yes, it's 100%. to protect them because the last thing we want is for our children to feel any of that internalized homophobia yeah. or shame yes. about who their family is Absolutely. that we already have inside of us because of the stuff we were raised Absolutely. in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Right? So, yeah, because even until this day, you know, having to come out 24 7, you know, when you see somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, and your husband, and you're like, Actually, it was just kind of weird for me because I'm like, actually, I don't have a wife yet. But (laughs) you might as well say she's my wife. Because I'm like, well, uh, my partner, actually, who is a woman, by the way. You know, it's like. Right. It's like you have to be like my girlfriend who's not a girlfriend, like girl who's a friend, but like she's like my girlfriend. girlfriend. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it gets so like convoluted that you're like, I just wish we had never talked about this. (laughs) Yeah. Can we not go? Can we not talk about this? And if the kids aren't there, you can just like be like, yeah, whatever. Okay, my husband. But if the kids are there, no, I don't have a husband because they need to see the pride. A hundred percent. You know, a thousand percent. That's and that's exactly. And Myla has started telling people right up front when she meets them, I have two moms. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay with it? Because she, she's like, I don't want to waste my time with the, you know, with somebody that's not okay with my moms. Mm. Like, I want you to know yeah. right up front, I have two moms and, and that's yeah. okay. And if you're not okay with yeah. it, that's your problem. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Good for Myla. You know. And the kids are going to change the world. That's what I keep saying. And I also have to say, it does feel like, We've gone backwards. A thousand percent. You know? We have went backwards in so many ways. And and while, yes, we still have 
a right to get married and, and whatnot. Those things are still there, but we have went backwards in how much hatred is able to yeah. be spewed now over the queer mm-hmm. community, um, yeah. over our trans community, over, yeah. you know, queer families. Like it, it is palpable now when someone does not accept us, they don't just whisper it. They scream right. it now. It is so right. be- loud. Because it's become a political agenda, yes, right? 100%. It's, it's been allowed to be spoken about in a negative way. Yeah. When it used to be like, let's just not talk about them. Now it's like, let's tell about every nasty thing they could possibly think, do, be, you know, and yeah. say that that is all of them. And that is everything. But of course they say, let's take back the real family values and get rid of these groomers. Yeah. That's what, that's what it is. Which is wild Uh, because what they base their real family values on uh, is uh, just a sole Christian belief. Oh yeah. And why we're still there. White Christian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And while we're still there as a country, as a world and as a whole, there are so many other religions out there. It's pushing an ideal that picket fence with the husband and the wife and the two kids and the dog, two and a half kids, that doesn't really even exist. That is really an exception to the rule. I'm quoting, I'm putting this in quotations. You're lucky if you got that set up. Nobody has that set up nowadays. Nobody has that. That's not it. And it's, everybody's white, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's not, that's not reality. Right. Yes and yes and yes. And I love that you're out there being visible and I love your family. Are you going to have more? We thought about it, but I don't think so. Here's why. Thinking about raising Lala and, and bringing another child into her world of being an only child and then saying like, okay, we're still all a family. And now she knows like, oh, that's got, you know, Mama C's DNA in there and, and Mommy carried. And like, I would hate for her to think that we were more of a family than like we all were a family. Right. That's an interesting thought and an interesting perspective and I feel I see I see I get it yeah and then you have to go through the whole prospect or the whole situation of there's a lack of black donors in this world and so then that's another issue is that I would absolutely want a child that at least looks like Myla because Myla is half black yes because she yes because she would want that representation too she always says Mm. i'm the only black person in our family and Mm. and and i hate that for her because it it is a true realization that she has understand what she surrounds her own self with tons of black friends like that is who that she is 1000 percent navigates you know, within her black heritage, that's how she lives life. Like that's the, mm-hmm, if she gets mm-hmm. a, a doctor, she wants them to be a black doctor. She is very specific on the things that she wants. And we make sure that she has that as well as I surround her with my own community of black friends that like uplift her, like all of her aunties, you know, like she has a lot of black representation, but if we were to have a child and say we had just a white child, I feel like it does nothing but go to, hurts her in the narrative of I'm surrounded by white people in my family. Mm. So I feel like I would come to a situation where people wouldn't necessarily love the fact that we would get a black donor as well. And, and I would hate to take that away, you know, from another black family. It's just a lot of convoluted things that 
because uh, there's such a um a shortage of black donors. Correct. California Cry, thank you listening. Right. You listening? Yeah, get on that. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, oh, I didn't even think about that. Taking those donors from black families Correct. who really Yep. Ooh. This is layered. I don't want to do that. So there's just a lot. There's so much that goes into this decision and what why we finally were like, you know what? I think we're not going to pursue this. And if we go down any avenue, we're going to go down the fostering avenue. And we're really thinking about that because there's been a couple of kids we've ran into with just raising Myla that were kind of not in such great situations. And we had a conversation that like, what if in this situation, they turned to us and said, can you help us? Can, can y'all, can she, they stay with you? And, right. and we've been like, we would do it. So we know that mm-hmm. we, we would, we're leaning more that way. So that's like later down the road, that's going to be <laughs> a while, but like, but first and foremost, we're trying to get engaged right now. We're trying to get <laughs> married. You get some things, you get some things going on. Yeah. We're, we're hope, hoping to be married a year from now. Well, not in this month. Or too hot. Uh, like in the <laughs> fall of next year, that's when we're hoping. Okay. So probably should All see right. some engagements pretty soon, at least before. Okay. Before that's exciting. The new year. Yeah. I love you. I'm so glad you came and talked, and I think everybody's gonna love your story. And I just, I'm so appreciative of you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, listen, you're sharing stories that literally mean the world to me. And just hearing queer family stories, like, it's amazing. What you're doing is everything. So thank you so oh. much for sharing mine at all. I really appreciate it. Oh, my God. I'm so glad to have you. Tell everybody where they can find you, all the places. Okay. Um, so they can go follow. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I mean, I'm on the other little things like, mm-hmm. I can't even think, lemonade threads, threads. and threads. <laughs> yeah. But I um, so forget to post on there. But you can find me at Kara's, C-A-R-A-S underscore A-T-L um, on all of those platforms. Perfect. Go follow. Go do all the things. Go do all the things. And um, I really appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Uh, this yes. isn't the end. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. Queer Family Podcast. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, feel free to listen to another or watch another. I have so many episodes for your listening or viewing pleasure. Just go pick one and and enjoy. There's a lot. There really is. And also, if you really do like this show, please, I know I say it all the time, but please do consider supporting the show on Patreon. You're just going to go to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast. You're going to pick a tier. You're going to join and you're going to get that bonus content. And you're also going to get my love and adoration for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Keep on tuning in and I'll see you next time. Mwah.